Support for America Made Easy and the following message come from Nuable Levitas, the transatlantic joint venture supporting ambitious SMEs was setting up in the United States. We help make entrepreneurs' lives easier by providing an operational solution for their U.S. expansion strategies so they can focus on driving revenue and doing what they got into business to do in the first place. Hello and welcome to the America Made Easy podcast, the bi-weekly show where we help international SMEs tackle the complexity of setting up and growing their business in the American market. I'm your host, Morgan Pierstorff, and on today's episode, we are exploring co-employment and what firms should expect when using a professional employment organization to manage their workforce. We will also explore the many responsibilities international firms face from a regulatory perspective when employing people in the United States. Today, I am joined by Josh Balster, President and CEO of Avidas Group. Josh has been working in the fast upscale environment at Avidas Group for the past 15 years. He has been instrumental in launching Avidas Payroll Services, Avidas Group International, and Avidas Group Insurance Services. After several years leading growth across client recruitment, service, and sales, Josh was named as a part of the Avidas Group succession team in 2016. He was officially named president and CEO on January 1st of 2020 and continues to lead the Avidas International team. He is a graduate of Rocky Mountain College and lives in Billings, Montana. I hope you enjoy the show. Excellent. So um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I'm here with Josh Balster, who's the president and CEO of Avitas Group. So thanks, Josh, for joining us here today. It's a pleasure. And we are today talking about co-employment, um, which I think a lot of our listeners may or may not be familiar with. Maybe they would be familiar with a professional employment organization, but they're all going to be familiar with the the need and complexity of having to bring on team members in a new market. Um, so uh, would you care to, to share with us a little bit about what co-employment it is, what a professional employment organization is, and why they should care? Sure. Uh, co-employment is a relationship between a Vetus group and a business. Um, effectively, what it is, is a Vetus group takes on the administrative liabilities and many of the uh, administrative tasks associated with having employees uh, in the United States. So we have about uh, almost 1,300 small business clients in the United States because there's obviously a need for these things in the U.S. Uh, with respect to our foreign clients, it becomes a massive need because in the United States, there are so many different rules and regulations around employment that uh, people that don't live here don't understand. So to explain what it is, is it's a relationship where a Vetus group assumes the role of administrative employer, while the business owner remains the managing employer. So as, from the employee's perspective, they work exclusively for the business. They don't really even see a Vetus. A Vetus is in the background as the, as the professional employer organization or the co-employer. Uh, the government, however, holds Avitas accountable for many of the things that the employer is actually accountable for with respect to the employee. And what I mean by that is in terms of things like payroll. So we are the, we are the uh, payroll provider of record, which holds us responsible for all of the payroll taxes, uh, social security tax, Medicare tax, uh, state unemployment insurance tax, federal unemployment insurance tax, all of these mandated benefits that are required by law for all employers to provide for employees. We are responsible for collecting and remitting those funds to the government. And we're also responsible for any audits associated with those taxes. So it pulls that liability 
off of the business owner themselves and puts it onto our shoulders. We are also responsible for making sure the payroll is processed correctly and that we're meeting all wage and hour requirements uh, depending on the state that the employee is employed in. And we are fully licensed and fully capable of delivering payroll in all 50 states in the United States. Uh, it doesn't stop at payroll. Uh, we move on into the HR world as well. So part of the co-employment relationships includes unlimited access to one of our certified licensed uh, PHR or SPHR professionals. This person is responsible for handling all of the um, labor-related tasks inside the business. So that can be policies and procedures, that can be employment handbooks, that can be um, you know dealing with difficult employee situations, whether you have to do a termination or a disciplinary action or you have to write somebody up. Uh, that's all part of the package. Or if it's simply advice. We have employers come to us and say, look, I've got a conflict between two employees. I don't know how to handle it. What can I legally do? Our HR team will do that for them. They will give them advice. They will handle the situation for them. So it just gives that small business uh, the same access they would have if they had an HR team inside their company. Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that, we also uh, provide a lot of different benefits. So we provide some in the United States, it's very different than in other countries in that the employers in the U.S. are responsible for, for providing health care for their employees. It's not a government sponsored situation. I think that's a huge difference that a lot of our, our listeners um, probably have an inkling about. But yes. in terms of what that complexity looks like and, and what American workers expect, um, it really uh, is very different from what they would they would know to date in doing business overseas. Exactly. And so now if you're small, if you come over to the United States and you're small, you have you know less than 50 employees, you're not required to provide a corporately sponsored healthcare plan to your employees. However, if you want to attract high quality workers into your business, it makes a lot of sense to provide that. And Avitas Group, because of the co-employer relationship, can extend our large group medical plan to our clients. So it gives the client access to healthcare plans that they would not normally have access to on their own as a small business. Um, there is a cost to it, but again, it's more of an investment in your business to make sure you're attracting the best and the brightest people into your workplace. We also provide a lot of different ancillary benefits. So things like a 401k retirement plan, dental plans, vision plans, um, all, uh, all kinds of things that help employees have benefits that they would have at a, in a large corporate structure, but within the confines of a small business. So it gives that small business owner some of the same competitive advantages larger corporates have when it comes to offering benefits. And then beyond that, we also provide uh, safety and risk management services. So we handle all of the workers' compensation, which in the United States, workers' compensation is uh, really a mandated benefit that requires business owners to uh, pay for any medical-related expenses and lost time if they're injured in the workplace. Uh, a lot of businesses we talk to say to us, well, we don't, we don't have anybody that's doing construction or anything, so why would we have to carry work comp? The truth is you have to carry work comp uh, for all of your employees, regardless of what their work duties are. So uh, we manage that for them. We provide that to them. We make sure they have everything they need in order to be covered by workers' compensation. If there's ever a claim, we handle the entirety of the claims administration. So the business owner really doesn't have to worry about it. They pay a monthly invoice, and all of these things are managed for them and taken care of. We also provide best practices, safety consulting inside the workplace as well to make sure that um, the environment in the workplace is going to be set up in a way that mitigates the risk of claims happening. So we want to try to keep those costs under control by preventing the, the work comp claim in the first place. Mm -hmm. And it seems, you know, I think we've, we've hit our listeners with quite a lot of topics which might be new to them, a lot of new terminology. I think at the core, though, I think what you, you've conveyed really well is 
that co-employment is really an ex- being an extension of their team. Um, they're not having to go out there and and hire someone um, specifically to manage payroll or to manage workers' compensation or to manage health and, and safety and risk management. Um, they're really kind of outsourcing those functions, saving that overhead and getting a strong partner and an extension of their team um, through that service. Exactly. So as a small business, uh, to hire all of these people internally, it would never make sense. Um, these people are not their administrative burdens, right? They don't, the, the, what we do does not generate revenue for a business. So when you're a small business trying to get started, whether you're in the U.S. or you're coming from outside the U.S. and starting a business here, you want to focus as much of your financial resources on revenue generating employees, whether they're manufacturing the goods that you're producing or they're selling the goods that you have or your services to clients or they're finding distributors or whatever it is, those people are generating revenue and that's where you want to invest your finances. The stuff that we do only consumes that revenue. It's, it's, it's just an expense on the business. So what we do is we provide the same level of Fortune 500 level back office resources inside the co-employment relationship for less than the cost of a part-time employee. So it makes a lot of sense to the small business to do something like this. And is there a lot of complexity um, in terms of, of compliance across these items, particularly workers' compensation, going from state to state? Does it look and feel the same um, in Montana as it does to Indiana, or how does that differ? Uh, yes, there's a tremendous amount of complexity. Um, it Every state is, I mean, it, it, it looks the same. It's the same type of insurance, but every state is different in terms of how it's managed, how it's reported. Uh, what's great about Avitas is if, if you're, we have the capacity to offer workers' compensation insurance and state unemployment insurance and federal unemployment insurance in any state in the United States. Rates are already set up. We already have everything in place. So when a company comes into Avitas, they don't have to worry about finding a broker in a state or figuring out, you know, I've got to get a bunch of quotes to see, you know, what my rates would be and determine what class codes my employees would fall in. If you come into us, we determine that and we put all of that together for the for the clients. And it doesn't matter which state you're in, but there is definitely complexity. Some states are what are called monopolistic states, which requires every business to utilize a state fund for the workers' compensation. So there are no private insurance carriers in those states. And so again, you'd have to work with the state to get a a policy set up. And when you're small and you're new, that's very difficult. Um, But since we've been doing this for over 20 years in the United States, we have very competitive rates and we give that, we pass on that competitiveness to our clients. Mm -hmm. And and when thinking about implementing a partnership like this um, with a professional employment organization and and getting employees onto this system and having this extension of their team, what kind of time frame are companies looking at? You know, if they're planning now and they're thinking, I really want to simplify this, I really want to streamline this, how far in the future do they need to be looking to get something like this in place? Well, from our perspective, it takes us no more than 30 days to get somebody set up. Uh, the biggest thing is is finding the people, finding the people that you want to hire in the U.S. That can be the biggest challenge, especially today with unemployment rates and the competitive work environment that we have. Uh, it it can be challenging. So we we can help clients do that. We have recruiting services, and we can help locate and attract and hire employees into that business. But once we have the employees, it's very fast. We can, we can in no more than 30 days to get somebody set up in the system in whatever state they're in. It doesn't, doesn't matter to us. Mm-hmm. And how common is it, would you say for um, companies in the United States, whether, you know, domestic or international companies that have set up to 
use a professional employment organization? Is that something that as companies are thinking about recruiting individuals that um, would, would put them off in any way? Is it something that's, that's common and uh, that would be expected or that is even valued for whatever reason? Uh, it depends. I think mostly it's valued and it's definitely a growing industry in the U.S. because employers, uh, the regulation in the United States is extremely complex. Every state is different. Many municipalities have their own set of rules. Uh, and so it's just complicated. And for business owners, they don't want to focus on all this stuff, right? They want to focus on the core competency of their company and they want to focus on growing their company. So by entering into this relationship, you have people that you can rely on to take care of all of this regulatory stuff so that it's all just handled and the liability rests on the co-employment company's shoulders. Now, from the employee's perspective, I also see it as value because if I'm an employee and I say, I don't want to work for a large corporate anymore. I want to have the feel of a small business but I really like all the benefits I get from working for a large corporate. The advantage the small business has is they can say, hey, we can provide you all of the same benefits and all of the same professionalism that a large corporate would have, but you have the family environment of the small business that you're looking for. So it can be very attractive to employees because for their perspective, again, they're not working for a Vetus group. They're working for the client. They're managed by the client. Now, again, the government holds a Vetus group accountable for many of these things, but the employee doesn't care about that. They want to know, I've got a handbook. I've got a detailed job description. I've got, uh, you know, good workers' compensation, good health insurance, dental, vision, a 401k in place. I've got all this stuff in place that I had at my last job working for, a you know, Fortune 500, but I get to work for a small business. Mm-hmm. One thing that you mentioned, this uh, an employee handbook, it sounds something that's very simple, um, but when you're an international company and you're coming in, you don't quite understand the you know, labor laws, regula- regulations, and um, you know, we, we hear that the U.S. is a really re- um, litigious market, and there's a lot of risk there. So really something even I trust as simple as an employee handbook and understanding how to handle um, any disciplinary actions or even questions you can ask from a recruiting perspective. There's so much nuance there that international firms could benefit from by, by taking on a really experienced PEO like Avitas Group. Exactly. I mean, you don't, it's a, it's a layer of protection. Now, I always like to, we hear that a lot from our foreign clients. They, when they first start to look at coming into the United States, there is this fear of our litigious society, and that does happen. But I always tell people, uh, while we are a litigious society here in the United States, uh, we're also the, the most robust economy in the world. So something's working. Um, the key is, is to be properly insured and to have the proper things in place to protect yourself as a business owner. So you're making sure that you're handling situations, whether it's hiring and interview questions or disciplinary actions or terminations if necessary, you're handling those properly. And then you also, on top of that, want to have the appropriate insurances in place. And again, that's where the workers' compensation comes in and can be helpful. Um, We also can procure um, uh, other forms of insurance for a company. So it could be uh, uh, errors and omissions insurance. You could have uh, just a a general uh, employer insurance in place to protect the employer. We also cover our clients as part of the the package. We cover our clients with what's called Employment Practices Liability Insurance, EPLI. And that is an insurance that does protect the business in the event that all of the safety valves come off and and a, and a lawsuit happens. For whatever reason, we have a backstop there and it's an insurance that's in place to protect the employer from that. That's a part of Avitas Group. We have the policy in place. And when you join, you don't have to pay any premium on that. You just simply have that insurance in place to protect you. 
We've touched on uh, quickly uh, health and, and safety management, and I think uh, some terminology or an acronym that gets th- thrown around to companies is perhaps OSHA. Um, mm-hmm. So companies are thinking, what is OSHA? What does that mean for my business? How do I stay compliant? Could you talk a little bit about uh, about their role in all of this and how we can help make that relationship a bit easier? Yes. So uh, OSHA, sta- it's an acronym that stands for Occupational Safety and Health uh, um, administration. Ad- administration. Thank <laughs> you. And it um, it is it is a government bureaucracy that is designed to help uh, make sure that businesses are in compliance with generally accepted safety standards in every different state. So some states have their own state level OSHA uh, organizations, and there's a federal OSHA that goes across the entire country. And California, for example, has Cal. It's called Cal OSHA. Is much more restrictive than the federal OSHA. So you have to be aware of the kinds of things that they do. And really what they do is they spot check businesses. So they would uh, show up to a business unannounced and want to make sure that you're following all of their requirements. So that could be things as simple as making sure you have enough fire extinguishers in place and that they're uh, placed in the right spot and that you had them tested at the right times, uh, that your exit signs are well lit and in the right spot, um, that you're, uh, uh, all of your, if there's, if there's any kind of a chemical, if you work with chemicals at all, do you have the right, uh, things in place to make sure that how do we treat a chemical burn? All these, there's a lot of regulation on OSHA. Now we can't guarantee that OSHA is not going to stop by and visit one of our clients. Um, cause they may, and they may find something, but what we do with our clients is we, we make them very aware of what the OSHA requirements are and we help them design a plan that if OSHA were to come by and see them, that they would have the things in place to make sure that they, they are doing everything they can to try to prevent a fine. Now, sometimes OSHA does just stop by and do a spot check. But sometimes if you have a situation where you have a disgruntled employee, the disgruntled employee will call OSHA and have them come by. It's a Either fun way, thing for an entrepreneur. Yeah, it, it's really <laughs> not. Either way, it's not fun to have OSHA show up. Um, but a business, we definitely work with our clients on it. We want to make sure that they're well prepared and they understand what OSHA requires, what they need to have in place to protect them. And we've even gone to, gone to bat for our clients if, if OSHA does cite them for something. Uh, we will contact OSHA. We're an OSHA certified company, so we can contact them and say, we are working with this client. We can get this corrected. Can we get this fine removed or significantly reduced? And oftentimes we're successful in that because we're so well-respected well by OSHA. You uh, said something earlier, which really hits on a theme on this podcast, uh, which is that there is so much nuance at the at the state level, and there's so much power and autonomy uh, with different states that you might have the example where the OSHA regulations in California, as you said, are or more stringent than the federal government, um, which I think points home to the fact that you know it's it's hard as an international company that doesn't have that familiarity to try to be an expert in every state and all of these compliance to know how many you know fire extinguishers their location in California needs versus their one in in, in New York needs. Um, so there, I think, is you can't discount the value of bringing on that expertise because you don't want to get a fine that disrupts business and, uh, and and hurts your opportunity to grow and thrive in the market. Right when you're a when you're a, I mean it, it's difficult for 
U.S. domestic companies to comply with all this stuff. It's important, yeah. Right? It's, it's it's not only difficult for international right. firms, but uh, your average American clients have a lot of trouble with these things. Exactly. But when you're when you're an international company and you're making that step, you're making that investment to come to the United States. Uh, you you just can't. It's it's almost more difficult if you have a problem if you if you don't do something right. Greater Be, risk. Greater risk, exactly. So the idea behind all of this is let's mitigate, let's diminish that risk as much as possible so that with all the other risks that you have, in, in other words, you know, your biggest risk is are we going to survive? Are we going to be able to sell enough of our product or service in the U.S. to grow and to thrive? That's, that's enough for a business owner to worry about. Um, we want to pull all this other stuff just off of their plate so they don't even have to think about it. Uh, and I can say that almost every single one of our foreign clients that has come into the United States, when they get to the point where they're ready to hire employees, they take on the co-employment relationship because of that. It, it's inexpensive relatively, and it's it's just such a huge level of protection that it, it just doesn't make sense not to do it. Now for a quick break. This week's top tip for the U.S. market is brought to you by Allison Stewart Allen, co-author of Working with Americans, the first ever business manual exclusively about U.S. business culture. One of the top tips for working with Americans is uh, the one around uh, hip, hip, hooray for our team. So you'll just need to make sure that you treat everyone uh, equally, uh, even if uh, the person in front of you isn't the one that's going to sign your contract. No matter what age or rank, uh, all Americans uh, expect to feel that they count. Uh, So don't be insulted if uh, you're addressed by your uh, given name uh, after the first brief introduction. The informality is just the American uh, approach. It's an informal style. Thanks, Allison. Our listeners can visit the book's website, workingwithamericans.com, to download two free chapters and claim a 20% discount on ordering the book until December 31st, 2020 with the code WWA20. And, you know, as, as you've laid out it, you know, it's not only having this kind of outsourcing of managing the employment of, of people within your organization, uh, you're getting so much more because you're, you're getting the payroll aspect, you're getting, um, you're obviously the, this health and safety, uh, which we very in depth discovered as well. Uh, and you touched on benefits earlier in the conversation. Uh, and, and given that the environment in the U.S. is so different, it's a huge learning curve for international firms on what options that they have. Um, you know, I think as you said, if, if you have 50 employees or less within the United States, you're not required to offer health insurance, but it's a competitive job market. You want to be able to um, offer something that gets you the best team members possible. What options are there for companies that do want to get something in place? Let's say if they have, you know, one employee versus five versus 10 and, and, and any idea of what they should expect in terms of cost, because they're getting access to a, a benefits program potentially, but as they're thinking in their cost models, what does it look like in the U.S.? Could you speak to that at all? Well, when it comes to when it comes to health insurance, uh, the costs can vary dramatically based on the the mix of the the insured. In other words, the people in your group. So they do they do testing on the on the group to see uh, how they should price it. And, it, and it, there's only certain things that the health carriers can ask for, but things like the the age. Uh, of your employees, employment staff can impact the cost of the insurance. So the average age of your team, uh, if the ages are higher, your costs are higher. If the ages are lower, your costs are lower. Um, 
and then whether or not you're going to include and pay for family as well or part of family. Most businesses in the U.S., and it does vary, but most businesses, when they offer a plan, they'll pay at a minimum 50% of the premium for the employee. And I would say in average, you're probably looking at somewhere, if you've got a person, you know, not not... I would say between 35 and 50 years old, you're probably looking at somewhere between 600 and 1200 a month for their healthcare benefits on the employer's side of it. And again, that depends on how much the employer wants to contribute towards their benefits. And it can vary by state and it can vary by plan design. But the key is with us is what we're going to do is when you've hired that employee, we're going to we're going to get that census information of your people, and then we're going to go to our carrier and pre- present you with a number of different plans and plan options. How much do you want to contribute? How, how, how rich do you want the plan to be? And we'll walk you through all of that stuff. So then you can look at, okay, here's what the costs are going to be. You can build that into your budget and really just becomes effectively a part of the compensation for the employee. But it is a key factor when you're hiring uh, if you if you tell people we don't offer health insurance, you will lose good candidates as a result of that because they're going to go somewhere that does offer health insurance typically. Unless you're hiring people in their early, early 20s with no family, that then it typically is not as big of a deal. But if that's not what you're looking for, it's really important to offer health insurance for your employees. Mm-hmm. I think one of the interesting things about co-employment, it's not designed for a certain size of company. And, you know, if they have one employee, it's something they could come on with. If they had 500, um, you know, it really grows with them and is, is a service they could benefit from from when they very first start in the market to when they've had success, you know, five, 10 years down the road and continue to grow. Is that fair? Yeah, because we can scale up or down depending on how big the client is. We have clients with as many as 2,000 employees. We have clients as small as one employee. It just really depends. Our average size business, when you look across the scope of all of our clients, is uh, right around 18 or 19 employees inside the business. That's our average. But there's a broad range. And what's nice for our clients is as they grow, typically if you're growing your business, you're gonna, you might have one payroll person. And you keep growing and payroll becomes more more complex. Well, now we need to hire another payroll person. And then it grows. And then, well, that person didn't work out. So we've got to fire him. We've got to rehire. We've got to retrain. And you go through all the turnover and the costs of that and the time investment in that. And then, okay, we got to bring on an HR person. And is that the right person? Maybe it's a good fit. Maybe it's not. If it's not, now we've got to start over. You've got all this time and effort and expense. You're working with recruiting companies. You're doing wage analysis. You're, you're spending time training. Uh, with us, it's very simple. It, as you grow, we might have to put more people on your account as time goes on, or we may not. But if you don't, if you don't particularly like your specialist in one area, it's not a matter of terminating that employee and hiring somebody else. You just notify us and say, we're just not really clicking with our payroll specialist. Can we have someone new assigned to us? Very easy. And you don't have to go through all the training and the hiring. So it just makes it very easy from an administrative staff standpoint to scale and to change uh, uh, service providers very, very easily. It, it, it does not take a lot of time. It does not take a lot of effort. We just want to make sure that we're providing you the level of service that you need so that you're not, again, not focusing on this stuff. You can keep 100% of your time, attention, and focus on the business core competency itself. And it seems, as you alluded to earlier, that is really what's most popular with our international clients that look at a, a service like that uh, is that they can, you know, they sleep at night a bit more soundly. They know that 
all of this compliance um, that they perhaps hadn't even imagined that they'd be responsible for when hiring someone is taken care of, right. um, and they can focus on growing their business. Exactly. Could you perhaps speak um, to maybe a, um, an international client experience that's perhaps stuck with you that's come onto co- employment and has used the service and really benefited from it? Yeah, there's been several. Um, one of my favorites is one of the f- the first international clients we brought in. They were out of Belfast, uh, Ireland, and uh, they they came in and they they were a technology company. They 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 had a software that they they built in in Europe and then were selling it over here. So they hired salespeople in the United States, and we recruited those people for them, and then we just brought them into our co employment relationship, and uh, they grew and they grew and they grew and. Um, after about two years, I got a call from the owner and he said, well, we're going we're gonna to have to terminate your service. And I thought, well, that's odd. I thought everything was happy. Everybody was happy. Everything was going well. And what I found out is they had grown their business and built a big enough brand that they attracted uh, a private equity group in uh, the U.S. that that bought them. They, and they bought them and they merged them with a larger technology firm. And the owners made enough money out of it that they just were able to, to retire and move away and they didn't need our wow. services anymore. So it was a great, it was a great story. That doesn't always happen, but it was the first client we ever had. And to see them be able to do that. And they didn't, the reason they were coming to the US is they couldn't find a large enough market for their technology product in Europe. They just, it wasn't there. So they wanted to come to the U.S. to find more buyers because they knew there was a bigger market here. They did that and their business expanded and they eventually got bought out and they, they, they achieved their dream, which was really awesome to see. We were sad to lose them as a client, course, but the, yeah. the, the ultimate ending to the story was that they, they sold and, and uh, achieved their dream. So that was really great. I think that our ultimate goal of the podcast is to say well, there's so many um, really interesting companies like that one that have great strategies. They want to implement them in the U.S., but they don't want to have to worry about all the compliance. They they need an operational solution to really make it easier for them and allow them to do what they do best. Um, yeah. I think it's so it's so important. And that's the value that that we're hoping to bring to to our audience. But um, as unfortunately we're approaching the end of the podcast, um, we, we're kind of going into our wise words segment where we ask. Is there something we didn't cover? Is there something that we really want to reinforce to our listeners about this topic and why it's so important? Yes. The United States is a complex, vast market. Um, It's 50 states. I always tell people that it's pretty much like 50 different countries uh, built into one. Uh, With all the complexity and all of the regulation and the things that we've spoken about today. I, I, I don't want that to deter people because again, the economy in the United States is booming. We are the largest economy in the world. Uh, if you can figure out how to navigate all of that stuff, there's a tremendous opportunity here. And and that's what we help businesses do. Let's help you navigate all of the minutia of regulation and, and liability so you can actually maximize your, your chances of success in the United States. And the other thing for our foreign clients I think is important is that Many of our foreign clients want to take advantage of the U.S. market, but they don't want to live here. They like living where they're at. That's really hard to do if you don't have people on the ground supporting your business. And so what we what we create with this co-employment relationship in many cases is the ability for the ownership of the company and the parent company to stay where they're at in their, in their native country. And then we help them with everything here so they can easily run the business. They make trips over, but they don't have to be here on a day-to-day basis because we're helping them and making sure that uh, things are operating properly so they, can, they, don't have to, they don't have to live here if they don't want to. 
It's an important point. Uh, gives so much flexibility for these entrepreneurs to be entrepreneurs and do what they love wherever they want to do it from. So, well, with that, uh, we've come to the end here. Josh, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your expertise. Uh, It's been a lot of fun to talk and uh, we thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the America Made Easy podcast with me, Morgan Pierstorff. My guest this week was Josh Balster. This podcast is produced and edited by Morgan Pierstorff and Rob Eastman in partnership with Newable Avitas. You'll find links to more information on this week's episode and how America Made Easy can help your business in the notes section of this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and introduce a friend. You can also write to us at America made easy at newable.co.uk. Thanks for listening.